All right, we bring in Joy Taylor, co-host of Speak, every weekday on FS1. Uh, I'm not, we're not even going to start football with you because Trista's been dying to ask you this question since the minute she, she saw you tweet this out. So, I, you know what? Just, I'll we need, just we need yeah. to talk about She's dating. We need this. to talk about dating etiquette because yeah. I am 100% oh, in agreement. I saw that this tweet about if a man shows up 20 minutes late on the fir- first oh. date, what do you do? I think we kind of need to dissect this. And also, <laughs> like, does the first date and where they choose it matter to you? Do you just, like, dead it depending on where they decide to take you? No. I mean, a first date for me is pretty serious. So if you're on some goofy stuff, you probably didn't get the commitment from me in the first place, if I'm being honest. I, I mean, keep in mind, I, I'm a 36-year-old woman. I'm, you know, I'm traveled. So, you know, going on a date or staying home, it's like, eh, you know, so you gotta, it's got to be serious to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pro- it should be a, a place that's worth me leaving the house along with your company. But also, if you are 20 minutes late to the first date, you are confused as to who you're going out with, in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> like, I have a... I have a calendar. Uh, I have and someone who assistant. helps keep my calendar. Right. I have an assistant. So if you've gotten on the schedule, you should take that pretty seriously. So, I mean, and that's just like everyone can do what they want to do. I don't judge. If you want to stay and wait for someone who's 20 minutes late the first time that they have your space, that's yeah. your choice. But I feel like if the restaurant wouldn't hold the table for us for 20 minutes, why would I still be? thousand percent i saw that and i said that's a woman who values her time and herself and i think we need to bring that on national radio and get the message out yeah that things are probably not gonna go well from there yeah. if they're not taking your time seriously so take note ryan no j- we, well, with your wife uh, yeah. yeah joy if you're not 30 minutes early then you're late there I, you go. I grew up with a family of coaches so that's what i learned but is that kind oh, of yeah, creepy yeah, yeah. if i'm sitting there waiting for you not like me personally uh but like somebody's waiting there no, like no, 30 I minutes think- before you I think a reasonable, like, adult window is 10 minutes. Like, maybe the valet was backed up or, you know, there was an accident, something far, far out of your control. But you get, like, a 10-minute window. That's reasonable. There was nowhere to park, you know, whatever. But when you start getting into the window, like, where the actual restaurants, like, know we've given your table away. Yeah. You didn't plan this properly. Like, everyone was yelling at me earlier about L.A. traffic. Like, hello, did LA traffic just start? <laughs> There's always been LA traffic. You gotta you gotta plan for that. Give yourself an extra 20 minutes. You know, get a drink at the bar. But you can't use LA traffic as an excuse for a date. It's just no. silly to me. On the first date. I'm not talking about you guys have been dating for a while. It's like your right. fifth date or whatever, some emergency came up or something. The first date? I mean, come on. A power move would be he just has appetizers because I love apps just waiting for you when you get there. But I don't want to waste my questions on this, so I want to ask you, (laughs) all right, let's pretend that you're Chris Greer. You're the Dolphins' general manager, and you have to make the decision because Tom Brady's visiting schools. He's in the Miami area. Would you want 45-year-old Tom Brady, or would you give Tua another shot? Because I'm Team Tua over here. But what would you do if you were uh, the GM of the Dolphins? Yeah, I'm Team Tua also. I... I am concerned about Tua's availability, and I do think that it is something that needs to be taken very seriously, his head injuries, because even though that's out of his control, 
three concussions in or three head injuries since no one wants to feel comfortable saying concussions three head injuries in three months is dramatic like that's we're getting into the territory of maybe you should be retiring so i don't think that tom brady is the answer and i would stick with tua but i I do think the dolphins have a lot of questions that they need answered and i I didn't feel that way about halfway through the season and now we're back where we are always are with the dolphins which is we don't know if anyone's right for the job and what the future holds. But I would stick with Tua over Tom Brady. I mean, we know when Tua's healthy, uh, the guy's dynamic and that offense as a whole is dynamic. But you're right. It's, it's The head injuries becomes more and more of a discussion as more and more you know happen. And we've seen guys time and time again in the NFL retire early because of that. Jordan Reed was a great tight end in Washington, and it, it cut his career short uh, because of that. Uh, especially now, if, I mean, if you're the Dolphins, you look at that division and go, okay, you've got the Bills, obviously, but... The Patriots right now are kind of a mess. Like, what do you make of all of these, like, talking about dysfunctional seasons and Bill Belichick effed us this year. And it's got to honestly just feel good seeing the Patriots for so long. And then you're like, you know what? I like seeing the opposite. I like seeing them kind of, they're a mess, but like Bill Belichick isn't getting ripped the way most other coaches would with what he tried to do on that offense this year. That's what makes this so amazing. Well, he has some grace, right? If anybody yeah. has grace in the NFL, yeah. it would be Bill Belichick. Right. I don't know how long that runs for, because when you have a fan base that's used to excellence for as long as the Patriots have been used to that, they could get impatient pretty quickly. And that's that's also a city where everybody is used to winning as well. So it's not like, oh, well, we just had this. You know, there's standards for every organization in Boston. But... I still have this fear of him, you know, like everybody's just kind of written them off. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. He might just figure it out. Eventually he is Bill Belichick. He's just this grand wizard, like thing, this enigma, this, you know, death star for so long. And maybe that's just my trauma as a Dolphins fan. But, you know, he did go to the playoffs, albeit it was a terrible early exit with Mac and if if they can get away from whatever it was that they did this year then you know I still have to always take them seriously the the one thing I will say about Bill Belichick that seems to be seems to be kind of lurking around his legacy at this point is is he is he able to pivot because sometimes we see greats who who can't adapt with the times like Andy Reid is obviously an older coach but you know, he's an offensive mind. He's more of a teacher than just somebody that we just consider to be in this era of genius. And you can see that by his coaching tree, that he truly is a great communicator and can can coach in a way that works with the modern NFL. So that to me is the, going to be the question with Bill is, is he going to be able to adapt? Because the way that they're playing and they're structuring their team and organization right now, it doesn't look like it. You talked uh, this week on the show about bulletin material, bulletin board material, and there's been a ton, right? There's Joe Burrow saying he's him. It's it's Burrowhead. You've got Eli Apple popping off. You've got George Kittle who's talking about whether they can handle his physicality. I do think at this stage in the playoffs that these teams need or or somehow – you know, succeed because of this bulletin board material? Or do you think that kind of the stakes are as high as they can be and and it doesn't really matter? 
I think nothing is everything, but everything is something. So, you know when somebody has something to say about you, when you're around them, you know, you're good, you're great, you know that, but you might be a little extra great today, you know? <laughs> so I don't think it makes them better or worse, but we all know how we react to trash talk. When somebody says something about us and says that we're not this or they're that, and it implies that we're less than them because of what they said, that sticks with you. So I don't think it's going to change the game plan. I don't think it's going to change how either of these teams are going to perform. But every time there's a little trash talk, you give a little something extra. It's just human nature. Whether that matters or not, it, you know, I'm not going to say that Kansas City is going to win because there was Burrowhead. You know, the people were saying I'm him and all that. Like, Kansas City Chiefs are a great team, yeah. led by a great quarterback and coached by a great coach and Travis Kelsey and go down the line. And similar to the Bengals and Philadelphia and so on and so forth. These are great teams. They're going to play at a high level. But I never act like it's nothing. It's always something. How do you factor in the Pat Mahomes injury when you're thinking about how this game is going to go outside of the narratives between Joe Burrow and Pat Mahomes and how, you know, Pat has never beaten Joe? You know, the line kind of threw me initially. That was my takeaway. It was like, oh, like, is, are they being disrespected? I'm like, uh, is he healthy? Because that that seems to be what they're communicating to us with that line. But... Mahomes is a very tough player and uh, you know if it's if it's something that he can shoot up and be out there it's obviously going to limit him a little bit but you know Patrick Mahomes at 98% is still probably the best quarterback in the league so so we we know he is the best when he's at 100%. So I'm not terribly concerned about it. Um it may change their game plan a little bit if he is more banged up than we know obviously it looks really bad and he he wasn't out there for the entire game but he's had a he's had some time to rest it and evaluate it um he looks fine you know he's practicing whatever that means you know i'm not his doctor but i mean i think if he's healthy enough to play then he's gonna he's gonna be you know well enough to win the game because he's that good yeah, and you know these guys play through some pretty devastating injuries. Like a high ankle sprain is nothing to mess with. Do you think it's fair that we're calling this a legacy game for Mahomes? Because, you know, I've heard people say, well, if Mahomes loses to Burrow, it proves Burrow's the better quarterback. He's 4-0. and And it's not like it's one-on-one -on -one or it's the NBA where he could just take the ball. Like, do you think it's fair that we're calling this a legacy game when he's essentially going out there on one leg? I don't feel that it's a legacy game. I don't, yeah. I don't know that Mahomes like – if Mahomes retires – at the end of this season, he's a Hall of Famer. Right. So at this point, he's just building on what is already an established legacy. He's already won the legacy battle. I The the head-to-head -head matchup, though, is interesting. I'm still not there, and I love Joe Burrow. So, I always said that Joe Burrow was going to be great from the very beginning. I mean, I'm I love him. But I do also very much believe in accolades and accomplishments. And if Burrow were to go on after this game and win a Super Bowl, I would. I still wouldn't feel that way, but I would feel more comfortable with people having that conversation because of the head-to-head -head matchups, even though Same. we know that's not really how it works. But until he wins a Super Bowl, like Mahomes has won a Super Bowl, has gone to another Super Bowl, has is going to have two league MVPs, a Super Bowl MVP. 
Like at some point when, you know, we have all this hardware, you know, and we're, we're having the same numbers, the conversation stops for me, even if we are having head-to-head wins. And I think if you ask Burrow that, he'd feel the same way. I mean, of course, I'm sure he feels he's the best quarterback because everyone feels they're the best in this league, as they should. But they also play to win Super Bowls. So I, I think if that happens, that will legitimize that conversation. I still won't feel that way. But until that happens, we're just arguing semantics, really. Right. Yeah, got about a minute left or so here, Joy. I. The Brock Purdy story has been amazing, right? I think there's there there isn't anybody that doesn't love an underdog story like what we've seen. To me, it's such a testament to what Kyle Shanahan can do as an offensive mind and as a head coach, plugging him in and seeing the success that we've had. But this Eagles team is it's, this is different. I mean, this is going to be the toughest team really that, that he's faced yet. Do you have confidence in Brock Purdy against the Eagles this weekend? I do. I think this is going to be a real clash of the Titans game. I'm sort of also speaking that into existence because I want to watch a really exciting (laughs) matchup and I don't want any blowouts this weekend, which I don't think that there will be. That San Francisco defense is so generational and amazing. But I think Brock Purdy is going to play his best game. Um, I think they're going to be very prepared. I think Kyle Shanahan's going to have him very prepared. And he has had so much poise throughout this stretch. And his ability to make all these decisions and not turn the ball over is really remarkable. So I'm hoping for a very high-scoring shootout, very physical game, but I think Brock Purdy's going to do, do do what he's done since he's been out there, which has been very impressive. Yeah, I mean, we spend so much time looking for the next Tom Brady. We might have the next Kurt Warner here. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I love these stories, so I'd love to see him win. Plus, I don't want to see the Eagles win, but I'm not... I don't know. It's 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 tough. It's tough to watch the Eagles keep winning like yeah. this. Joy Taylor, FS1, speak every weekday. Thanks for coming on with us. Thanks, Joy. Thank you. Thank you, guys. 20 minutes late for first date. I mean, you just can't do that. You can't do that. Leave her. That's what Google Maps is for if there's traffic. Unless Florida International is up five and you're watching the game, <laughs> then maybe you're going to be a little late, baby. <laughs>